Welcome to the Disciples Dialogue, where believers celebrate their commonalities, share their testimonies, and edify the body of Christ. Each episode contains healthy conversations between Brother Jill and a guest speaker. Thanks for joining the Disciples Dialogue. Praise the Lord, everyone, and welcome back to the Disciples Dialogue. Thank you so much for joining me again today. We are excited to bring to you another episode uh, here on the Disciples Dialogue where we bring guest speakers on to talk about the great things of God. And I am very excited tonight to introduce to you all, the listeners, a a new friend of mine. Uh, God is allowing me the opportunity to meet people from all over the United States and uh, having listeners from all over the world. And so through the internet and Twitter and Facebook, not sure exactly how we met, but we did meet via the internet, Facebook. Um, I've got a new friend that I want to introduce tonight as our guest speaker, Brother David Mann, all the way from Independence, Kansas. Welcome, Brother Mann, to the Disciples Dialogue. Well, Brother Till, I sure appreciate you getting in touch with me and asking me to be here with you today. Um, I'm a big fan of Disciples Dialogue. I've listened to every episode. Well, thank you so much. That means uh, a great deal to me. And um, I have listened to your podcast as well. And I guess there's no better time than the present to to promote that. Uh, I'd like to kick that off right out of the gate here. You, Brother Man, have, um, you're the host of Grace Recipient Podcast. Yes, sir. Um, and that yes, is sir. found on most platforms, I would imagine. Yes, sir. As many as I could get on. Okay. So Grace Recipient, I have listened uh, to several of your episodes and boy, it's just um, great content coming there from Grace Recipient. Um, Always biblical, always uplifting and encouraging. And so thank you for um, what you do and bringing content to the apostolic world and to the world at large. And if you haven't, listeners, if you haven't listened to Grace Recipient, I challenge you right now. Go listen to him right after this conversation. Go listen to his episodes. You will not be disappointed. So thank you, Brother Man, for that. Well, thank you. I sure appreciate that. <clears throat> Absolutely. So I have asked Brother Man to uh, come on and be a guest speaker on to, um, today's episode so that we can talk about something that I know is near and dear to his heart. Uh, it's uh, not only in the title of his podcast name, Grace Recipient, um, but I believe that it's at the heart of his being as a man, as a minister, um, after uh, listening to the episodes that he produces and after just a few minutes of talking with him here, um, how, how this came to be. Our topic today is simply grace. And so I, I've asked Brother Man to come on so that we can talk about grace uh, in depth, and I'm going to give him liberty just to do that. And so, Brother Man, would you start us off, uh, if I was to ask you, when you think about grace, what what's the first thing that comes to your mind, or what does it mean to you as an individual? <clears throat> well, actually, a couple of things um, come to my mind off the bat. Um, first off, when I think about grace, I think that grace is a gift. Um, it was nothing that I did to deserve grace, but grace was freely given to me. Grace is freely given to you, Yes. yet not without the cost of God um, putting on flesh and giving himself over to the work of Calvary's cross, mm. um, and also my faith and obedience to the gospel. Mm-hmm. Um, also, when I think about grace, 
Um, I th- the thing that comes to mind is, is grace is, is so faceted. There's so many different um, sides or uh, faces to grace, so many different offices of grace, whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so in, in order to really understand and know grace, we have to be willing to learn. Mm-hmm. And um, the best place, uh, best person or best thing to learn about grace is from grace itself. So I think of grace as being a teacher. Mm. Um, and when you allow yourself to become a student of grace, you really begin to get a broader perspective of, of the whole concept of grace. Um, now, I'd like to kind of dive into that a little bit more, sure. uh, if you don't mind. Um, Zechariah chapter 12, verse 10, the Bible refers to the Holy Ghost as being the spirit of grace. Um, with that being said, if we was to go to Ephesians chapter 3, um, starting at verse 16, um, the Bible says that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might by his spirit, grace, um, in the inner man. Verse 17, that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith. Um, now, we got to remember that the Bible says that we are saved by grace through mm-hmm. faith. So mm-hmm. grace, being saved by grace, only comes through our faith. Um, you know, grace is still there, but we're saved by grace through faith. Mm-hmm. Um, that we, be being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth, the length, the depth, the height, um, and to know the love of God, which passeth knowledge, um, that ye might be filled with all the fullness of God. So the spirit of grace being the Holy Ghost, when you're filled with the Holy Ghost, which you receive through faith, which is obedient, believing in obedience, and we can talk about that um, a little bit later, but that that enables you to be able to comprehend just how much God really loves us. Yeah. It, it enables us to comprehend just what it was that God did on Calvary for us. Sure. What what the whole concept of of uh God manifesting himself in the flesh and and walking on this earth um and teaching us and 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 we're able to comprehend that more. Sure. Without grace without the spirit of God we we wouldn't really understand uh, what it all meant. Now, going to John chapter 1, verse 1, the Bible says, in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And we go on to verse 14, the Bible says, and the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. And then the Scripture says that that Word was full of grace and truth. Yes. Okay, so Jesus Christ was full of grace and truth. You know, the Bible said that grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, verse 16 says, and of his fullness, we all receive and grace for grace. Now, what's unique about this, um, in my perspective, is that we all have received grace. And I like to I like to say that grace was given to 100% of humanity. Yes. Um, but we've all received this grace in the sense that Jesus brought grace and truth with him when he came into this world. Now, contrary to the law that Moses gave us, in which the Bible says was a schoolmaster, 
Um, and in the old covenant, the Jews were subject to that schoolmaster. Mm-hmm. They were subject to the law. The law instructed them, and the law drove them. Okay, but grace, who the Bible refers to in for more or less in Titus chapter 2, verses 11 and 12, um, grace is referred to as a teacher. Yes. And the teacher leads us. Okay? And we're not obligated to follow that teacher, but if we choose to follow, then that spirit of grace or that Holy Ghost, the Bible says, will lead us and guide us into all truth. So, yeah, I, I like to think of grace as being a teacher. I love that, and that's actually the first thing on my list of notes, Is and I, and I think of it as uh, no coincidence that, that you started out the same way. Grace is a teacher. Of course, the Scripture tells us that, and it's uh, if you read the Scripture and study the Scripture, you'll find that uh, it is multifaceted. Um, grace is... And it, it was kind of blew me away when I was studying and preparing for this conversation that grace is um, represented by so many um, so many different types and shadows or different words um, to try to describe yes, what it is. But it does say that it is a, uh, a teacher. And, and I'd like to read that for the listeners, Titus 2 and 11, 12. You, you uh, made mention of that. For the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared to all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world. So uh, the grace of God appeared to all men teaching. So that's why we yes, say sir. that grace is a teacher. And I, I think that that's, uh, that's key uh, to understand that we are all in this world. We, um, we, we all are subject to the the spirit realm that is surrounding us and, and uh, of course the Holy ghost that would lead us and guide us into all truth, but also the devil's fighting every day to win us as well. And so, right. You know, we don't want the law, you know, the Bible says talks about the law being the schoolmaster um, schoolmasters or school teachers. They, they teach, right. But so we can either let the law, the old law that they were uh, under in the, in the old Testament, uh, be what teaches us, or we can get out from under that old law, like Roman uh, Paul talked about in many of his letters, and we can let grace be our teacher. And so I, I love that you uh, brought that up. Um, the Bible says, and if, if I could say this, and then I'll, I'll turn it back over to you, Second Corinthians 12, uh, verses 7 through 9, that grace is sufficient. Um, yes, sir. There's nothing lacking in the grace of God. The Bible says, and, and lest I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of the revelations, there was given to me a thorn in the flesh. We've all heard about Paul's thorn in the flesh, and people have yes, tried to figure out what it was. But he says, the messenger of Satan to buffet me, uh, lest I should be exalted above measure. For this thing I, I besought the Lord thrice. He said, I went to the Lord three times and prayed, God, remove this from me that it might depart from me. And he said unto me, my grace is sufficient for you. My strength is made perfect in weakness. And he goes on to say, most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. So I love that Paul pointed out, or God pointed out to Paul, rather, that my grace is sufficient for you. If it was sufficient for Paul, 
then brother man, it's sufficient for you. It's sufficient for me. No matter what I go through, no matter what the day brings, God's grace is sufficient. Right. Now I look at these verses and, uh, you know, you said that there's many definitions for grace. Um, of course, in the Old Testament, in the Hebrew, you really only find the definition for grace being favored. Mm. Um, but when you go into the New Testament, when you look it up in the Greek, you'll find this big, long list of definitions. And one of those uh, definitions is the divine inspiration of God. Mm. And we can link that up to the concept of grace being a teacher mm. in the sense that when we do go through these trials, when we do go through these hard times and, and uh, the, these, these things that, you know, these dark times where we don't feel like we're going to get through it, we need to understand that, that and we need to allow God's inspiration to work through us. Yes. We're inspired by his word. Mm-hmm. We're inspired by the preaching of his word. Yes. <clears throat> We're inspired by the songs of Zion. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we need to allow that inspiration to come into our, our lives and, and teach us and, and, and help us out in that, that scenario. I do want to go back, if you don't mind, and, and, and comment on, on the uh, schoolmaster. Um, Absolutely. Uh, comment. Uh, <clears throat> when you look at... The, when you look at the word schoolmaster and you, you start to understand that the schoolmaster was more about uh, corporal punishment. Mm-hmm. Um, when you look at the law, the law was, as a matter of fact, this is what you're going to do. Right. You know, this is what, what this is how you're going to be identified at. And if you don't like it, then there's punishment that's going to come with that. Sure. Grace, on the other hand, being a teacher, we don't get that. Uh, we don't get that punishment. We don't get that. Now we will, <laughs> brother. In in the last days, if 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 we have not succumbed to um, the gift of grace that God has given us through salvation, sure. um, we will feel that punishment. But right now, God's not. God's not forcing anybody. No, He's not. Um, and and you and you look at the Old Testament and, and the Jewish people, the Israelites, they you know, if they didn't follow that law to the T, well, they could be stoned, they could be, you know, and in fact that's what happened to Israel. Um well and Judah, as a matter of fact, they God pretty much ended their kingdom because of the simple fact that they kept straying from God's mm-hmm. um God's law. And so Grace being a teacher is it, it's a much more subtle um, concept than being a schoolmaster. Absolutely. Absolutely. I th- I'd like to um, look at grace another way, if that's okay. Um, again, we'll probably yes, jump sir. into a, a bunch of different ways that the, uh, the Scripture sheds light on grace. Um, I found it interesting in the book of Hebrews, chapter 4, verse 16, uh, that God's throne is grace. The Bible says, let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Now, I don't know a a human being alive today out of all 8 billion something of us that could not 
is is not in need of that scripture applied to our life. I need the yes, sir. I need the grace that comes from the throne of God to so that I might obtain mercy because uh, and and I like how you liken the the grace of God to the Spirit of God living inside of us, teaching us. Um, because without Him, without the Holy Ghost living inside of me, how could I ever obtain mercy? Uh, without the blood of the yes, Lamb sir. that would wash away all my sins, how could I obtain mercy and find grace in a in my time of need? Yes, sir. Um, you know, these this verse that you just read uh, was going to be a, a much later episode for me, um, but I will I will comment on this, and it'll go with this right here. One of the greatest. In my opinion, one of the best explanations or definitions of grace um, would be that grace is the ongoing, benevolent act of God working in us without which we can do nothing. Mm -hmm. And I think that's backed up by John chapter 15, verses 1 through 6. The Bible says, I am the true vine, Mm -hmm. and my father is the husbandman. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away, and every branch that beareth fruit, he purges it, that it may bring forth more fruit. Now, ye are clean through the word which I have spoken to you. Abide in me, and I in you, Mm -hmm. as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine. No more can you except ye abide in me. I am the vine. This is Jesus' words. I am the vine. Ye are the branches. He that abideth in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me you can do nothing. Verse 6, if a man abide not in me, he is cast, cast forth as a branch and is withered, and men gathereth them and cast them into fire, and they are burned. So, to me, this is saying that, like you said, in time of need, we go to the throne of grace. Mm-hmm. And that is the ongoing benevolent act of God working in us. Yes. Because we can't do this on our own. Right. And if we think that we can we can go through life um, and go through all these trials and, and not have God on our side, well, the Bible says we're, you know, as talking about those without hope, we're of, of all people most miserable. Right. If we can't depend on God, if we can't depend on the sufficiency of grace mm. to help us through these situations, well, we're going to be weak. We're going to be sure. uh, tortured by by just what this world throws at us. Mm. And so, yeah, we do need the throne of grace. Absolutely. I I think it's it's healthy to realize, to come to the realization that just like the Lord said in that scripture that you read, that without him we can do nothing. I can't yes, I can't wake up in the morning without the Lord. I can't take a breath of oxygen without the Lord. I can't uh think. Uh there the my brain does not function. Nothing happens. The the planets do not orbit uh without the Lord. It and and the right. throne, I believe in a if we were to take that idea to the next level, the throne represents power, right? He that sits on the throne wields power. So grace is powerful. Uh, God's grace is all powerful, and and to to help us in our time of need, as the scripture goes on to say. So so yes, I believe that uh, you know we could attempt to be very theological and uh, and very deep, but at the very uh, most elementary 
base of the subject. I love what you said. It's as simple as without him, we can literally do nothing. We, we need God's mercy and his grace for without him, we're, we're surely just lost. We are of all men, most miserable. Yes, sir. Um, another definition, and this is one that people can just throw at you. And I think, I think they throw it at you just to, to help you, you know, just, let me just get to it. (laughs) The, one definition that a lot of people would say was that grace was the unmerited favor of God. Okay. Um, but a lot of times if you really get down to it and you ask them, what does that mean? Well, they'll say, well, it's undeserving. Well, can you be more specific about this undeserving? And, um, they kind of shut down when you ask that question. Like, can you be more specific about why is grace so undeserving? Like, explain that to me. And I, I look at John three sixteen, um, and the Bible says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. And when I look at that first part, I, I do see undeserving. Sure. Because, Humanity does not deserve a righteous God robing himself in the flesh and becoming a sacrifice for our sins. We don't deserve that. We, you know, we deserve many times God saying, you know, I want to wipe, I want to wipe, I want to wipe my creation off the face of the earth. You know, he did it when, uh, when, when, uh, before he, Noah found grace, Mm -hmm. he wanted to wipe, humanity off the face of the earth. There was a time that he told Abraham, Abraham, let me alone so I can wipe them all out. Sure. But in all of this situation and all of the, there's other times that God wanted to just, it repented God that he made man and God wanted to do something about it. Mm-hmm. But in all these situations and we find about it, and I'm pretty sure you, you may want to talk about it later on, but where sin abound, grace did much more abound. Mm-hmm. So God's grace Powerful grace, the grace that sits on the throne, is always going to be more powerful than our sin. Yeah. It's always going to be greater than all our faults. Yeah. So in that sense, grace is unmerited. It's, we don't deserve God coming down in the flesh and, and sacrificing. But the Bible said that God did want to reconcile the world unto himself. Yes, he did. You know, that's the whole purpose of, of God becoming human, to wit that God was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself. So it becomes merited or it becomes deserved in the next part of John three sixteen, where the Bible says that whosoever believeth in him yes. should not perish but have everlasting life. And, you know, I got, I got some more I can say. Um, right here on that. I, I didn't know if you wanted to say anything. Well, um, I, I would just like to that. add to that while we're talking about John three sixteen, uh, because it's such a, uh, widely known verse and often, um, mm-hmm. it's cherry pick, you know, people will take that and then forget the rest yes. of the book. Right. But for God yes. so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth on him. Right. So believing is the first step. You, 
how can how can you do anything else lest you believe right so believing is the first step i i I never want to take that away from anybody new converts atheists uh, anyone faith is the beginning right you have to believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them who diligently seek him however faith without works is dead and so if there again if you take the whole book you can you can see how while faith is important uh it's not faith without works faith is the first step action is the second and so god is calling yes. us to action and we learn what those actions are by receiving the holy ghost and him being our teacher to teach us what we're supposed to do and how we're supposed to live if if the rest of it didn't matter and all we had to do was believe then why did god give us 66 books yes right <laughs> so now you pre- please yes, proceed sir. with the with the thought <laughs> okay well i mean it- Along the lines of what you were saying, you know, um, whosoever believeth on him. And that that right there is the golden verse. Yeah. You know, um, that's the golden verse. But we we won this. We're not scared of that scripture. You know, we're not we're not scared. Oh, OK. <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> You're good. We're not we're not scared of that verse at all. I mean, because we could we can explain this. You know, a lot of people will say, well, it's just about believing you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ as you, and accept Him as your personal, as your Savior. You, know, mm-hmm. you shall be saved, or whatever. But when you understand believing is having faith, sure. You know, like you said that uh, you know whoever comes to God must believe that He is. He's a rewarder of them that diligently seek His face. But in order to receive that that faith, the Bible says that faith cometh by hearing. Yes. Okay, and hearing by the word of the Lord. Mm-hmm. Now, James said that you're not just supposed to be hearers of the word, but you're supposed to be doers of the word. Mm-hmm. Okay, so in Matthew chapter 7, verses 24 through 27, Jesus discusses this in the parable of the wise man and the foolish man building their houses. Okay. And so the foundation of of the house is the gospel, which is the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And obedience to this gospel, you know, I talked about it. Um, I read some scriptures this morning uh, before service, and I talked about how, you know, there's a scripture that talks about that we have to believe and we have to obey the gospel. Well, 1 Corinthians 15, verses 1 through 4 Paul declares the gospel, okay? But another portion of Scripture, the Bible says that, you know, we have have to obey this gospel. Well, how do you obey the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ? Mm -hmm. So that when you go to look in the book of Acts, chapter 2, verses 1 through 4, we find the day of Pentecost came, the Holy Ghost was poured in the upper room, 120 people got the Holy Ghost, they were rejoicing. They were shouting. It was noise abroad, and people came from all over Jerusalem just to see what was going on. And Peter began to preach. And essentially, in that message, Peter will talk about the death and the burial and the resurrection of Christ. And then he will talk about the Spirit. And these men in verse chapter 2, verse 37 said exactly what I just asked when I said, how do you obey the gospel? 
they said, men and brethren, what shall we do? That's right. What shall we do? So we have to put feet to our faith. Yes. And the re- the way to do that is by obeying the gospel. Peter said, repent, be baptized, everyone in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. That is how you and I and everybody else that's listening to this podcast, that is how we receive the grace of God. Amen. Very well said. Uh, so, Again, this harkens back to something that you mentioned earlier. We're saved by grace. Grace is yes, is the saving element. It's the grace of God. Uh, I want to read a set of scriptures here to to kind of put all this into context. Ephesians 2, 4 through 8 says, But God, who is rich in mercy, for his great love wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ, And then it says in parentheses here, by grace are you saved and hath raised us up together and made us to sit in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness towards us through Christ Jesus. For by grace are you saved through faith and that not of yourself, it is the gift of God. What what exactly is Paul alluding to when he's writing to the Ephesian church, uh, I believe it's really all wrapped up in this fact that Jesus Christ, the mighty God, robed in flesh, God stepped down into a lost and dying world to grant us salvation through his innocent blood that was shed for us on Calvary and through uh, his death, burial, and resurrection, exactly what you're talking about, because Jesus came, the mighty God incarnate, uh, he became flesh. He took on sin. Yes. Who knew no sin because of his sacrifice. He became the teacher that teaches us how, through the ministry of the gospel, through what Peter did on the day of Pentecost, he was preaching the word. Yes. Men and brethren, what shall we do? Here's what you got to do. You got to repent. You got to be baptized in Jesus' name for the remission of your sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. It's all wrapped up, all in the grace of God through the man Christ Jesus. When when you look at that question, what shall we do? Essentially these these brethren, these these Jewish people were begging for a commandment. Mm. What must we do? Right. You know, and and that you know, I was talking about, you know, building our house um upon a upon the foundation of repentance and and the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, we we build our house after we receive that grace. That after we repent, after we follow that, because you you what you just read and you you read on a little bit longer. It says not of works, lest any man should boast. Mm-hmm. Well, faith is not works. Right. Faith is obedience. Yes. You know, I'm not going out and presenting if, if you know. Every once in a while, my my pastor will say, "Hey, let's 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 have a fast, mm-hmm. okay?" And you know, the the church will come together and we'll fast as a, as a church. And and you know, you when you're fasting, you don't tell people you're fasting, right? You know, that's just it. But I I feel like it's a little different when when 
you're you're called to fast. Like, hey, this is all fast. Okay, well, we're fasting. I'm doing it out of obedience, not out of what I want to do. Sure, Esther did you know, that. If I just wanted to go around and say, hey, I'm fasting, I'm fasting because I choose to fast, well, that's braggadocious. Mm-hmm. That's that's work. That That is me saying, hey, look what I'm doing, look what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. But if I do it in the realms of obedience, well, that's not work. That's not braggadocious. Right. That's not boasting. Right. And so that faith the the faith is is a, is is a product or it produces obedience to the gospel you know you hear the you hear the the terminology you know the house is on fire mm-hmm. and, and if you want to live you got to get out of the house well i believe if you want to live you got to get out of the house but if i don't get up and get out of the house right you know i'm not i'm not going to live sure sure <laughs> you know so so the the thing about it is this gospel of Jesus Christ, the death, and resurrection, and our obedience to it, that's the foundation that's laid. Mm-hmm. Now, we build our house. The Bible says we build ourselves up on our most holy faith. We already have that faith. We got that faith when we obey, but that faith is, is produced more as we're praying in the Holy Ghost or we're praying in the spirit of grace. Sure. So we're building ourselves up on this. So, so that, that again, going all the way back to, I can't do nothing without Jesus. I can't. Jesus is a te- or the grace is a teacher. I can't do nothing without the true vine. Absolutely. You know, when you're praying in the Holy Ghost, you're praying in the spirit of that that same grace that teaches us how to pray. Absolutely, absolutely. I I would like to take it this direction if we can, um, because we live in a world, brother man, where Everyone is trying to justify their actions uh, and their deeds, whether they be good or evil. There's constant uh, justification. Uh, but I came across a scripture that, that I found interesting that is directly tied to grace. Found in Romans chapter 3, uh, verses 23 and 24, the Bible says of, of grace that it, it, grace is our justification. The Bible says, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. So when, when in a world full of people who are trying to justify their actions, I find through the word of God that grace is our justification. Um, let, yes, let it not be anything else. I don't want, um, I don't want my bank account to be my justification for how I live or how <laughs> I treat people or anything like that. Uh, I don't want, the, the, the things that I have or that I don't have um, to to justify my the way that I treat people or the way that I treat God for that matter. But the Bible says we've all sinned. We're all uh, fallen humanity, and we all come short of the glory of God being justified by his grace. Mm-hmm. So the grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ is our justification it's what grants us access and why I can stand on my own two feet and say, I'm going to make it. I've made my calling and election sure. I'm going to make it into this kingdom, uh, heaven. I can say that because I have been granted the justification through God's grace. And I wanted to get your thoughts on that if you if you can. Um, you know, a, a lot of times, and going back to the definition of grace being 
favor of God, a lot of times people will put stock in what they have. You know, oh, look how God's blessing me. I, I must have God's favor because I, I got three cars and I only need two, or I got a five-bedroom house. And, sure. Uh, my bank accounts, like you were saying, that mm-hmm. they put a lot of stock in, in what they have, um, or they may put a lot of stock in what people might say about them. Um, when you go all the way back to the book of Genesis, the very first time you see the word grace, you'll see it when the Bible says, but Noah found grace in the eyes of God. Right. But if you go back before that and you look at the first murder Mm -hmm. in the Bible Mm -hmm. where the Bible said that Cain slew Abel, Mm -hmm. God looked at Cain, and and we know the story. Cain brought the first, or Abel brought the first of his flock, the first one of his flock, and and Cain brought the the fruit of the ground. Now, Now, my... Uh, thought process and all that was, you know, God told Adam, you know, the ground's cursed, you know. Yeah. So in, in my mindset, Cain brought something that was cursed. That's right. I believe that. You know, that. he brought of the, of the ground. But God told Cain, listen, Cain, if you do well, won't you be accepted? Mm. Basically saying, hey, Cain, you did it wrong. You didn't do it right, but here's another chance. Sure. Now, of course, this was in the in the dispensation of of conscience. This wasn't in the dispensation of law. So when somebody killed somebody, you know, there wasn't no consequences, I guess. I mean, there was no law sure. um, or no penalty for it. But when I when I step into the time that we're living in today. And there's a lot of people out there that got it wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, the first 23 years of my life, I got it wrong. Sure. Um, I, you know, I, I lived a life full of drugs and alcohol, and, and I ran with the gangs, and and I I burglarized houses. I did a lot of things wrong that wasn't that wasn't right, you know. But when I walked into an apostolic church, mm-hmm. and and I felt this the presence of God in that place. And I succumbed to that spirit that was in that place. And I began to repent of all my sins. Mm-hmm. And when I received the gift of the Holy ghost and came back that next week was baptized in Jesus name, God essentially said, Hey, you're doing it over again. Right. This was, this is my grace helping you out. Um, the scripture says, I, I don't have reference to it right now, but the Bible says when a man's ways pleases the Lord that he'll make his enemies to be at rest. All right. Um, you know, there's, there's blessings and there's favor. And I, I think, you know, when people talk about, Oh, I got God's favor because I got this, I got this, I got this. Well, no, you got God's blessings. God can bless anybody that he chooses to bless. Sure. He can bless alcoholics. He can bless dope things. He can bless anybody that he wants to bless. But when your ways please the Lord, yeah, you'll find that favor in your life. And, 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 and you may be struggling to make it, you know, month by month, month by month or week by week or paycheck to paycheck, whatever, but you're still 
you got to understand you're still living in that definition. Let me find it again. Underneath the ongoing benevolent act of God working in us. Yeah. Yeah. And we can't do nothing without him. Ain't that the truth? I, hope, I don't know if that answers no, your question. Absolutely. But it's very good. And you mentioned, uh, dispensation prior to the law. And then obviously there's a dispensation of, of the law, um, which, yes, which really ties right into uh, a, a scripture that I also found um, talking about justification in Galatians 5 and 4. Um, the scripture says, Christ is become of no effect unto you, whosoever of you yes. are justified by the law. By you are yes, fallen from grace. Mm. I, I mean, watch how... Paul ties these two together. He says, whoever of you are justified by the law, because that's exactly during that time uh, up leading up to Jesus, there was a time of law where the, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, all these people of the law, they held it in such high regard that when Jesus came onto the scene and he utters the words, I've not come to destroy the law, but to fulfill the law, they, they begin to lose their minds. But Paul says, uh, whosoever of you are justified by the law, if that's your justification, then you're fallen from mm-hmm. grace. But so you can't serve two masters, right? The Bible says you'll right. either serve one and regard disregard the other, or but you can't serve both. So you're either going to serve the law or you're going to serve grace and let grace, grace ultimately serve us. You know why? Why wouldn't you let grace have its way in your life? Oh, I mean, yeah. why? Why would you succumb to all of the the laws and the the rituals and the ceremonies and you? I mean, what was there over six hundred laws? I mean, yeah, six hundred thirteen. Not only not only how many six thirteen, I believe. Okay, so I mean, I can't hardly follow all the laws of our land. You know, <laughs> there's times that. My foot might get a little heavy or I might miss a stop sign or, or something of that nature. But, man, to think that I'm going to get stoned for, you know, turning right on red when it says stop before you turn, yeah. you know. Yeah, yeah. But, I, I, man, I, don't, I couldn't remember every single law there. No. And, and it, it, was, it was the mindset of, of, the, of the Jewish people that, you know, there was reasons why that, you know, there were scribes and synagogues and teachers and, and people that they had to go to all the time. Just, I mean, they would have to have a council just about in every situation. What, what does the law, you know, they would have to pull out the scribes. And, and to me, that's bondage. Yeah. You know, and, and just prior to this uh, verse that you read, it says, Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty which Christ hath made us free and be not entangled again with the bondage, with the yoke of bondage. Mm-hmm. I, you know, you look at that and, and you think, well, we're talking about sin. No, <laughs> he is talking about the law. The yeah. law was, the, they were bound by the law. The law was bondage to them. That's right. And and when Christ came and he brought that grace, he gave them all liberty and said, hey, you know, the law is a schoolmaster. But when Christ came, yeah, when he came, he started pre- preaching something that we never heard of. In the Old Testament, they never heard of anybody saying talking about faith. 
Mm-hmm. But Christ brought grace and truth under the umbrella of faith, mm-hmm. and he started telling them it was your faith that saved you. It was your faith that saved you. But when faith came, we no longer needed the schoolmaster. Mm-hmm. So when Jesus came and he started preaching, you know, he brought grace and truth. Well, how do you bring truth to somebody? The only way, like if I needed to give you some truth, the only way I can bring you truth is by teaching you, yeah. instructing you in letter, in, in, in word, in preaching, in whatever. Jesus brought truth. Now, I like to go all the way back to Moses when, when God was giving Moses the law and Moses was writing these laws down. There's a, an area there where God told Moses, to tell the people that I am going to raise up a prophet Mm -hmm. like unto you, Moses, him hearken to. So Moses, when he come down from the mountain, he told the people of Israel, hey, God's going to raise up a prophet in the midst of us like unto me, him you got to hearken to. And here we come 1,500 years later, and here's Jesus born in a manger. Mm-hmm. And uh, you got the you got uh, Simeon holding the baby and saying, hey, salvation has come unto us, you know. And here Jesus is teaching and preaching something that never was heard before. And he's saying, hey, Moses wrote of me. When they started criticizing him, who gave you authority? He gave you authority. Jesus said, hey, Moses wrote of me. Yeah, And they're like, oh, we know about Moses. We know about Moses. He said, well, if you'd have known about Moses, you'd have known about me because he spoke of me. Yeah, He literally spoke of me. So going back to the grace as a teacher, here's Jesus teaching them. They're supposed to hearken to him. And Jesus is preaching and teaching. And through that word, through the hearing of the word, produces faith. And once you get that faith, we no longer lead the schoolmaster. We right. no longer need the law. We're, we're, this is a whole other concept here. Yeah, so yeah. now you take that grace that Jesus is bringing you, and you let that be your your uh, dispensation. Yes. You let that be your ruling government. Don't yes. step away from the law. Yes. So this is so so uh, important to get. I love the fact that what you're unpacking here for the audience because there are surely going to be people who would uh, get to this point in the episode who have been bound by their religious um, past and and rules and and all these things, laws. Maybe they, and I'm not knocking any any denomination. I love everyone, but I want everyone to come to the truth. And anyone who may be bound by uh, some law or some man-made religion Throw that stuff in the garbage. If it does not line up with the word of God, if it, if it was not ministered uh, by Jesus Christ as he laid it out for the apostles and disciples, uh, as a teacher, they called him rabbi because he was a yes. teacher, right? So yes. I know that, uh, again, I'm not knocking anyone. I'm just making an observation here. But there is a lot of tradition uh, and rules in Catholicism. I've studied it out pretty good. And it's it's fraught with tradition and things that you won't find in the Bible. You will not find Jesus doing these things. They're just not in there. So that comes, and, and I'm not saying that Catholics are bad people. Most of them are good people. However, they're under a, an old law. They're under this uh, this 
tradition of man. But if we can get out from right. under that, if we can come to the light of the scriptures and see that Jesus Christ has come to fulfill the law, that means that he fully filled the law. So there's no more need for animal sacrifice because Jesus was the lamb right. slain from the foundation of the world. There's no more need for all these uh, religious uh, things that they would continue to do over and over and over because Jesus fully filled every one of those. And so to any of the listeners, I say all that to say this, to any of the listeners who you may be under that bondage, you may feel like you're just following a bunch of rules and, and you have no liberty, no freedom, Read the New Testament. Read about Jesus. Read what he taught his disciples as the teacher, the the one who brought grace and truth, and line up with his word. And if it does not line up with the word of God, throw it out. You know, the Bible talks about, and I I try to find it, and my concordance on my Bible is so small. (laughs) But the Bible talks about, beware lest any man spoil you through vain uh, philosophy and traditions yeah. of men after the rudiments of the world and not after the rudiments of Christ. Sure. Um, and, and that's, that's where we're at. The, you know, Jesus came to the earth. He brought grace and truth. He instructed his, his disciples. He told his disciples to make disciples out of men to go and make disciples of all nation um, and teach what Jesus taught them. Mm -hmm. Okay. And there was a time in Paul's life after his conversion, after he saw the light, you know, um, on the road to Damascus, you know, the Bible said he, there was a great light struck him down. And, and, you know, here's a man that believes in the, the, that there's one God Mm -hmm. um, is looking up and, and hears a voice from heaven say, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And he's saying, who art thou, Lord? Because he knows he knows this God. God's speaking to him. And he's saying, who are you? How, who, am, who, who are you that I'm persecuting you? And God says, I am Jesus. And so there's a revelation that Paul has. Yes. Okay. So now he's starting to understand. So he goes, the Bible says that he takes two years and separates himself from everybody else and, and goes to um I can't think of the right offhand. He goes to this this area and he sits for two years and takes everything that he's learned all his life yes. and applies it to, hey, Jesus is God. Now That's what's right. going on? What did Jesus do? <laughs> what When Jesus came to this earth, you know, everybody wants to go around and say WWJD. Well, what did Jesus do? Right. I think this was Paul's question. What, did you, what would Jesus do? Mm-hmm. And he took what Jesus taught and applied it to what he's known all his life. Yes. And he started getting revelations. Yes. And so with this revelation that he went, that he got, he started going to all these different churches and he says, Hey, if anybody comes to you preaching something else than what I'm telling you right now, disregard it. That's exactly right. Get away from it. Mm -hmm. And so here we have after, you know, and I'm not the, I'm not the the brightest when, when when I talk about the Council of Nicene and all these different councils and then uh, you know I listen I, I like to listen to Biblos and oh yeah uh, and 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 how he talks about you know the the induction we'll just say the induction of the Trinity you know the 
the, the, the three persons or whatever in the sure. Godhead, how all of that came to about, they were all after the rudiments of Christ. Absolutely. They were after the rudiments of Christ. So, so don't let men spoil you through vain philosophies. And here you've got all these different religions out there that, that are sitting there and they, and they are wide open to the concept of there's three, mm-hmm. there's three. No, there's one. Yeah. And if there, and, and the Bible one, says of three, uh, there are three that bear record in heaven. And these three are one. One. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So, so, and so they, they, they take this new covenant back in Isaiah. Isaiah prophesied that there's going to be a new thing. Mm-hmm. God's going to do a new thing. And he did that through Jesus Christ. And, and the Bible talks about um, Jesus Christ being a testator. Mm-hmm. And where there's a where there's a testament, there must first of necessity be the death of the testator. Right. I did a, a five part series. I don't know how much time we got, brother. But I did a five part series on uh, Grace being a teacher, and the first series I, I talked about the transition between the dispensation of the law and the dispensation of grace. Mm-hmm. And I talked about um, all about about lost my mindset here. I talked about how when God gave, called Abram, changed his name to Abraham, gave him a promise. Um, I'm sorry. When Moses received the law, I'm, I'm going farther back than I needed. When Moses received the law and he brought it down to the children of Israel, he started reading this law, and then he started sprinkling the blood of the sacrifice. This created a covenant between God and man, Mm -hmm. okay? This has been the covenant. The law has been the covenant for 1,500 years, Mm -hmm. okay? But Isaiah said, I'm going to do a new thing. Right. So here comes Jesus, and what does he do? He sheds his blood yes. so that we can have another covenant. Mm. So we're doing away with the old and we're coming in with the new. Where there's, where there must, where there's a testament, there must first of necessity be the death of a testator. And for us to be able to join into that covenant on a personal level, we all have to have the blood of Jesus Christ applied to our lives. Wow. That's so good. Every one of us. That's so good. And there's, I'm sure there's, so much uh, more that we could get into um, in, in talking about that. There's, uh, we couldn't exhaust the, the subject in one episode here. Um, yes. But I love that, that you, you did that five part series was it a five part series. Five part. Yes, yeah. Sir. Five part series. And I there was more I could do to it. I just had to kind of yeah. leave it alone for a little yeah. while. Well, <laughs> I challenge everyone, myself included, to go back and listen to that because when once you start seeing the the types and shadows between Jesus Christ and what He did on Calvary and how it all points mm-hmm. back uh, points backward to what He uh, God uh, Elohim was doing in the Spirit through Moses and 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 the tabernacle and all these things pointing all everything in the Old Testament points back to Jesus in the New Testament and so. Um, I, I can't wait to listen to that. I've not heard that yet, so I I look forward to that. Um, I, I want to say as we as we near a close here, um, and I'm going to give you the last word, but I wanted to uh, throw in one last thing myself here. 
and there's other there's a lot more scriptures that we could go into and in talking about grace, but I'll, I I want to jump down to this last one for myself. Um, I found it interesting, brother man, that the Bible says in Genesis one and one in the beginning, God, right? And I've heard it yes. said uh, that you know the first four words of the Bible, you know, if you can believe that, you can believe the rest of the book. In the beginning, God. It, ta- it talks about faith, right? We have to have faith in God, mm-hmm. um, but. I've talked about this before, how you can really take it back another word and, and just start with the first three in the beginning. Jesus said, I am the beginning and the ending, the first and the last. So in the beginning, in Jesus, everything happens and hinges on him being the mighty God, uh, Jesus Christ. And so in the beginning, God, Jesus. So the book opens with Jesus Christ, who is our Lord and Savior, who is uh, our the one who offers us this grace and this mercy that we need. And then you go all the way to the very end by the man. And you look at revelation 22 verse 21, the very end of the book, the culmination of everything from Jesus in the beginning, all the way to the end. And what does the last verse of scripture say in the Bible? The grace of our Lord, Jesus Christ be with you all. Amen. The end. And I thought that was so powerful that throughout out of all of what was important in the word of God to talk about. And the last statement that God ordained to be in his Bible was the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. That is God's desires for the grace of our Lord to be with each and every one of us. So brother man, would you uh, close us out with your final thoughts uh, before we end the session tonight? Um, let me, let me just say, to, to that thought that you just had, you know, we, we, we can talk about dispensations and right now we are living in the dispensation of grace and we've mm-hmm. been in the dispensation of grace for above 2000 years. And I, I want to say that this right here has been the longest disp- dispensation um, so far. Now we're going to be coming into another dispensation. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, when you look at everything that's going on in the world right now, we, we feel like it's closer than we, than we know. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's the dispensation of the millennial reign, the dispensation of the fullness of time. It's, it's called so many different things. But in that dispensation, I don't see grace there. In, in, in my thought, process and I and you know I believe how how, how you want I, I know I know that this is a, a topic a discussion that a lot of people have but I I feel like I feel like we're living in revelations two and three right now mm-hmm. and and I, I feel like revelations four is 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 where the rapture is going to take place that's my thought process um but in that dispensation when that when that happens grace will be no more mm. okay and so that's why i when you read that right now i'm looking at john the revelator saying you know until then grace be with you yes you know enjoy this grace take this grace for all you can you can get out of it mm-hmm. um 
and 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 I'll just I'll just close with this. I we we just had an evangelist or used to pastor, but he's an evangelist now. Brother Hillhouse came and preached a message. Um, the axe did swim, and I, I do want to do a a, a a episode about the grace of God that changes uh, changes us. Yeah. And uh, but he made a statement in that message that we cannot truly comprehend everything that grace was intended to be. Mm-hmm. When I started this this grace recipient podcast for myself, uh, this grace for all, uh, I call it a ministry, brother. But you know, I, I believe the Lord will work it out from there. But when I started this, um, I had, I didn't know that I would, you know, I I had six or seven things on my mind to, to write, to, to talk about, but it it just like, as I go through it, these little snippets, Mm -hmm. grace is this, grace is this, grace is this. I mean, there's so much about grace and, and just to, just to ball it up, Mm-hmm. into one definition, unmerited favor. Mm-hmm. I mean, grace is so much. Grace deserves a lot more attention than just, oh, it's the unmerited favor of God. Now let's go on and, and talk about something else. Now sure. I think I really feel that people need to really just slow down when they talk when it comes to grace and understand what God has did for us. Amen. That grace teaches us. Grace teaches us. Amen. Well, I, I agree a hundred percent. And, and that's why I'm so glad that we had this discussion to, uh, dive into just a small portion of what the grace of God really is. And so, uh, again, to all the listeners, um, find the grace of God, let the grace of the Lord work in your life. And, and without it, you can do nothing. But once you have the grace and the favor of the Lord in your life, uh, the Bible says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens all me. Uh, yes. And so, Brother Man, thank you so much for this time that you've given us to the audience. Thank you for your wisdom and your ministry. Thank you for talking to us tonight about grace. I have thoroughly enjoyed this conversation, and um, yes, it's such an honor to have you as a guest speaker. Well, I sure appreciate you reaching out to me and, uh, and asking me to do this and, and – uh, like I said, Brother Disciples Dialogue, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you. Well, to all the listeners, one last time, please, um, we're wrapping up this episode. Go listen to Grace Recipient Podcast. Uh, you will not be disappointed. Go give them a, a review. Um, give them a like, a share, a retweet, whatever you can do to help uh, further their ministry. Uh, they have a website as well. Brother Man, would you leave your website? Yeah, it's gracerecipient.org. Um, it is definitely in the making, so I'm trying to build that website. So if you're not too impressed with it, give me time. That's okay. I'm learning. Well, we're here to support you and all that you're doing, and, and we're going to pray for yes, you sir, and your ministry. You. And, uh, again, thank you so much. Well, to all of you who stuck with us and talked with us today, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, we're so glad to have you, and we can't wait to talk to you next time here on the Disciples Dialogue Until next time, be blessed. We love each and every one of you. In Jesus' name, 